Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. continue this series that we've been talking about, hearing the voice of God and understanding when it is that God speaks to us. But I want us to look in Psalm 81 and verse number 8. Let's read this together. Listen to me. Oh, let's read this together. Here we go. One, two, three. Listen to me, O my people, while I give you stern warnings, O Israel, if you would only listen. How many has had your mom and dad say, oh, if you would only listen? And usually what takes place when we don't listen? We face the consequences of that, right? Well, the same thing is true of God. That's what he's saying here to his people. If you would just listen to me, it would save you a tremendous amount of heartache and a tremendous amount of problems in life. We are the same way. But I hope and pray there where it says, oh, my people, while I give you stern warning, where it says, oh, Israel, if you would only listen, I hope it does not say your name there. You don't want your name to be there where it says, Old Israel, if you would only listen. I don't want it to say, Old John, if you would only listen. Because I want to be someone that listens to the Lord, that hears his voice, that stays in the center of his will, that does what it is that he is commanding me or wanting me to do. Now, several weeks ago, we talked about four primary ways that God gets our attention or not gets our attention, that God speaks to us. What are those four ways? Do you remember? First of all, it's through the Word of God, right? Through God's holy Word, the written Word of God that we have, is the primary way that God speaks to us. A second way that God speaks to us is through whom? Through the Holy Spirit that takes up residence, that lives in our hearts, that lives in our life. A third primary way that God speaks to us is through other people, through other folks giving us godly counsel, directly from the Lord or from his word or drawing our attention to a passage of scripture. So God uses other people to speak to us. A fourth way that God speaks to us primarily is through circumstances, through the events and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Now, if you remember several weeks ago, many weeks ago, I shared with you like nine or ten different ways in scripture that God spoke to people in and through the word of God. Now, God is God. He can choose to speak to us any way he wants to speak to us, right? But really, there are four primary ways that God speaks to us today. Through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through other people, and through circumstances. So those are the top four that we need to pay attention to whenever we're trying to hear the voice of God. Now, the Bible says in Galatians, matter of fact, it's your memory verse. If you have your sermon notes, do you have these? Did they get these passed out this morning? So go ahead and take those out. Uh, your memory verse is Galatians 5 and 16, where it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, if we're walking by the Spirit of God, then we're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. We're listening to Him, and we're more aware. But here's the problem. We don't always walk in the Spirit, do we? Right? I mean, are you always 24-7 every day of the week walking in the Spirit? Now, that's, that's the desire. That's what we should be doing. But every single one of us are human. 
right? The neighbor sitting next to you, whoever that person is, they're not perfect. You're not perfect. I want everybody to look at me right here. I'm not perfect. None of us walk in the Spirit 24-7, right? So sometimes God has to get our attention so that he can speak to us, either through his word, through his spirit, through other people, through circumstances. But he has to get our attention so that we will listen and hear what it is that the Lord wants us to hear. I think one of the greatest lessons that we ever learn in life as a child of God is how to listen and hear the voice of God. And you may say, does God still speak today? Oh, yeah, he's still speaking today. Matter of fact, you may watch the news and look at our world today, and you may think everything's completely out of control. Well, it may be out of man's control. But, honey, I promise you, it is not out of God's control. Amen? The Lord is omnipotent, means he's all-powerful. He's omniscient, means he's all-knowing. He's omnipresent, which means he is everywhere. Our God is sovereign, and he rules and he reigns. That's why in the midst of all the chaos in our world today, we as believers in Christ can have peace that passes all understanding. When the world is, has all this tremendous anxiety about everything taking place in the world today, we as believers can have peace because we know that God's in control, right? So that same God that's in control is the same God who wants to speak to us every single day, all the time. We are the object of his love, and therefore he wants to speak with us. So if you remember last week, we talked about several ways that how God gets our attention. And last week we talked about a restless spirit. You remember the story of, of the king of Persia in Esther chapter 6? Matter of fact, I think I have a verse for that, Charlie. Esther chapter 6. This is the passage of Scripture. It says in Esther chapter 6, look in verse number 1. It says, that night sleep escaped the king. Sleep escaped the king. You know what happened to the king that night? I'm not going to preach this whole message again because I preached it two weeks ago. But you know what happened to the king that evening? He had a restless spirit. The Lord was dealing with him about a situation and a decree that he pretty much had already put into, into place that would have destroyed the nation, the people of Israel, all of the Jews. But God gave him a restless spirit, so he got up and he had the book of the recording of the daily events, and there he found the story and found the individual that had been a blessing to them, had not rewarded them, in essence saved the people of God. So here's my point. Whenever we have a restless spirit, let's don't chalk that up to a bad taco that we had the night before, right? Whenever we have a restless spirit, you guys know what I'm talking about? Have any of you guys ever had that? Just that restlessness. And it doesn't necessarily have to be at night while you're asleep. It may be through the day. Have you ever had an uneasy spirit about you? Just a restless spirit in the pit of your stomach or in the pit of your heart and your soul? And, and you're just uneasy? You're not at peace about something? You ever had that? Oftentimes, that's the Lord trying to get our attention. So what should we do? Whenever we have this restless spirit, we should stop and listen. Pay attention to what's going on. 
Stop and listen to the word of God that we're reading. Stop and listen to what people are speaking into our life. Stop and pay attention and listen to the circumstances that we're finding ourselves in. Okay? So we need to stop and listen whenever we have this restless spirit. But there's another way that God gets our attention, oftentimes through other people. Now, this is one of the ways that he speaks to us. But it's also one of the ways that he can send a wake-up signal to us to get our attention. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse number 1. Here's a great example. Now, the Bible is filled, full of examples of where God was speaking to people through other people. But one of the, I think one of the best examples is in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Now, what's taking place here? In 2 Samuel chapter number 12, here we find where David had sinned against God. You remember he had the sin or had the, had the affair with Bathsheba and he had Uriah, her husband, killed at war. He had sinned against God and apparently David had been continuing on in his daily life with no visible evidence of guilt of any kind. God apparently had been trying to get his attention other ways, but David wasn't paying attention. David's living now. Matter of fact, remember that David is a man after God's own heart that it says in Scripture. David was a godly king. Was he a perfect king? No. Right? Did God use him greatly? Yes, which should be an encouragement for all of us. None of us are perfect. God can still use us. But here we find that David evidently is going through his life with no visible appearance of any type of guilt for this relationship that he had had with Bathsheba and the murder that he had committed by sending Uriah to the front line in war and having the troops retreat and have him killed while he's on the battlefield. All of that was David's scheme to cover up his sin. David had unconfessed sin in his life. So God was trying to get the attention of David. Apparently he wasn't paying attention to the still small voice. Apparently he wasn't paying attention to the word of God. So God sent someone to him. He sent to him Nathan. And we read in verse number 1. So the Lord sent Nathan, which by the way was the prophet of God at that time. The Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to tell David, and you go on down in verse number 7, he gives them this amazing story of, of someone that had many sheep that went into this small farmer that just had one sheep and took his one ewe lamb from him or his one sheep from him, and David was upset that anyone would do that. And Nathan pointed his bony finger into the eyes of David, and he said, Thou art the man. You are the man, O David, who did this to Uriah. You are the man that has sinned. So Nathan had to confront David with his sin. God used Nathan, another person, to make him aware of his sin, or at least to get his attention so that he could talk to him. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Whenever we are going through life and God is trying to get our attention, either through a restless spirit or through other people, here's what I want you to pay attention to. When other people are speaking into your life, this is important, guys. 
Because there's all types of voices out there. There's all types of people that are speaking into our life. It is imperative that whenever you are listening to others, that you carefully examine two things. I want you to examine the message, and I want you to examine the messenger. Okay? Two things. Because here's what I do know. God will never send someone to speak into your life and speak something into your life that will add to or take away from the Word of God. Are you with me? God will never, ever, ever contradict His Word. The primary way that God speaks to us is how? The written Word of God. The Bible, right? So whenever we're reading the Bible, God is never going to send anybody to you that's going to add to what the Scripture says or take away from what the Scripture says or that contradicts the Word of God in any way. He's going to use that person to speak truth into your life from the Word of God. Then you can listen to them, okay? So whenever someone is speaking into your life, you examine the message. You be sure it is in line with the Word of God. But you also examine the messenger, right? You want to be sure that he or she is telling you the truth from the Word of God and they're honest with you and they're not having these ulterior motives where they're trying to destroy you or whatever the case may be. The point is, pay attention to that, okay? Because you can get derailed right here. There's oftentimes when I listen to the radio or listen to internet speakers and ministries that are out there and I'll hear a portion of the message and there's a red flag that goes up and I'm thinking, I can't find chapter and verse for what they just said or for the doctrine that they're preaching there or the statements that they're giving there. You be sure, my friends, that whatever the message is, that you can find chapter and verse for it. Okay? That's important. I remember in Bible college, and that was many years ago, And uh, we were in our theology class, and we were having our discussion, and Dr. Bill Day was our professor. And oftentimes, he would ask us a question. Well, you know, as a 20-year-old, you think you know everything, right? Are you with me? Everybody raise your hand if you believe that. 20-year-olds will not raise their hand, but yeah, bro. You know, as as you're 20-something, you think you know everything. Well, I was that guy sitting in class. I knew everything. Who's this guy's not going to tell me anything else? I've read the Bible. I know the answers, right? He would ask these questions, just just random questions he would ask. And and, uh, he would say, what do you think about it? I'd raise my hand. You see, I was always the one. I just want to raise my hand. I'll tell you the answer. I know it. I know it. I know it. And as I got a little older, I realized (laughs) maybe how foolish I was. Right? I really didn't know everything, but I kind of thought I did. So I raised my hand, and I would give the answer, what I thought was the answer. And he would say, John, that's a great answer. Give me chapter and verse for that answer. And I'm like, um, don't know that I have it. Now, I may not have known it was in there. And, and sometimes he would say, well, here's the chapter and verse that backs up that answer. And he would give me the chapter and verse, and I would have given him the right answer. But then sometimes I would have given him the wrong answer. And he'll say, John, you go search the scripture and you bring me chapter and verse for that answer. And if you can bring me chapter and verse, I'll accept it. And I'm I'm searching diligently through scripture, looking for something to back up what I just stated was the truth. And I couldn't find anything. So the lesson he was teaching us all, and using me as an example because I was a loudmouth in the class, right? I'd tell you the answer, right? The lesson he was teaching us, you got to have chapter and verse. If you don't have chapter and verse for what you believe in, then I wouldn't put much stock into what you're believing in. Amen? 
Because the Word of God is the only thing that's going to stand and last forever. Uh, the wisdom of man and, and the creations of man and all these other things of man, even the doctrines and theology of man, all of that's going to fade away. But the doctrines of God will last forever, right? The Word of God will last forever. So my point is simply this. Whenever God is using other people to get your attention, what I want you to do is simply just pay attention to the message and to the messenger. Let me give you a third way that God gets our attention. Not only through a restless spirit, not only through other people, but a third way that God gets our attention is through unanswered prayers. You ever had any prayers go unanswered? Yeah, I guess we all probably have. But here's, here's why God will use oftentimes unanswered prayers. If you're going through life and all is good and every one of your prayers are being answered and seems like you got the world by the tail and and God's just answering every one of your prayers and everything is good all the time, it's then that we can get a little, maybe sometimes self-centered, maybe a little lax, a little lazy, a little, little complacent, and we'll find ourselves getting sometimes cold and indifferent really to the things of God because all is well. But then all of a sudden there's something that we're diligently praying for And we know we need God to move on this particular situation in our life, whatever the circumstance is, whether it's healing, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's career uh, motivated or whatever the whatever the incident is. And we find that we're not hearing from God. You know what God's doing? He's getting our attention by simply not answering our prayers immediately. And oftentimes God can get our attention because it's then whenever we're not getting the answers from the Lord that we're really grabbing hold of the horns of the altar and we're really seeking after God. And then he's like, okay, now you're getting my, or I'm, you're, you're paying attention to me. Let me give you several different ways that prayers go unanswered. Now, all of us have had unanswered prayers, right? From time to time, we've had unanswered prayers. Do you realize there are several reasons in Scripture? And I'm going to give you chapter and verse, by the way, for all of these reasons in Scripture that tell us why our prayers oftentimes go unanswered. Do you realize that sometimes your prayers go unanswered because of the wrong reason? You're praying and asking for the wrong reason? You need chapter and verse for that? Turn to James. Uh, Charlie, you should have, there you go. James chapter 4 and verse number 3. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. It says, when you ask, you do not receive. So there he's saying you're asking, you're praying, and you're not getting an answer to that prayer. So your prayer is unanswered. You tell me why the prayer is unanswered. Because of what? Talk to me, church. Why is your prayer unanswered? I have it highlighted in bold and underlined on the screen. It's pretty easy test for you right here. Why is your prayers going unanswered? Tell me. Because of wrong motives, right? Because you have an ulterior motive. You have something else that's taking place. James 4, 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Here we find wrong motives for prayer. So whenever we're praying and petitioning the throne of God for something, we got to be sure that our motives are pure because God's doing far more than just listening to the words that fall off our lips He's really judging and looking at our hearts, and he, of all people, certainly knows the motive that is behind things. You see, in our world today, when people do something for you or say something to you, you don't always know the motives behind that, right? 
Have you ever been taken advantage of by someone? Raise your hand if you have. That's probably most of us. It's called life, right? I mean, there's people that cross your path, that come into your life and speak into your life and say something to you or give something to you, and they have an ulterior motive, right? They have wrong motives behind what they're doing. God certainly can judge that. And whenever we are praying to the Lord, oftentimes our prayers can go unanswered because we are praying for the wrong reason. Let me give you another reason why prayers are unanswered. Here's a good one. Just simply being disobedient. We as a child of God, if we are disobedient to the commands of God, then our prayers are going to go unanswered. It's going to be a hard time for God to hear and answer our prayers when we're being disobedient to him on what he's already told us in his word. Now, that's a principle that we take into parenting, right? How many just can't wait to give your child a reward because they've disobeyed you all day, right? Any like that? None. Right? God's pretty much the same way. He's not going to answer your prayers if you're walking around disobedient to him. Let me give you a chapter and verse for that. It's found in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 22. The scripture says this, Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. Now here it's saying, whatever we're asking, we're receiving from him. Now why is our prayer getting answered? Because what? We're keeping his commands, and we're doing the things that are pleasing in his sight. So we're being obedient to God. We're being obedient to the commands of God. What we know from Scripture, we're applying to our life, and we're trying to live that out and live out those principles in our life, right? Here's the great thing about growing in your faith. There are foundational principles that God wants you to obey early on. And then as you continue to grow in your faith, he's then going to continue to challenge you to start living out this principle and then live out this principle. And then this next one, what he's doing, he is conforming us into the image of his son. That's the ultimate goal of what God is doing in all of our lives while we're here. Ultimately, one day when we're in heaven, then we'll have that perfect being that we in heaven but certainly not here on this earth so god is in the process of conforming us into the image of his son right so our prayers are getting answered while we are being obedient to him so disobedience needless to say will be a reason why we have unanswered prayers let me give you another reason why we have unanswered prayers because we're asking out of the will of god we're asking for something that's simply not in god's will for you Listen, God has, he has the perfect will for you. God has your, your life designed. What he wants you to do is submit to his lordship and allow him to be not only your savior, but also your Lord to live out this wonderful plan and purpose and design that he has for every single one of us, right? But whenever we're asking for something, oftentimes we can ask for something that will lead us out of his will for our life. I know you're looking for chapter and verse. Chapter and verse in 1 John 5 and verse number 14. It says, now this is the confidence we have before him whenever we ask anything according to his, what? Will. He hears us. Okay? So we need to pray in the will of God. Let me get a little closer to home here, and let me give you another reason that we have unanswered prayer. It's insensitivity in your marriage relationship. Guys, do you know if you don't treat your wife the way that God wants you to treat your wife, that your prayers will go unanswered? 
Preacher, hold on. Surely, preacher, you don't have chapter and verse for that. Wives, pay attention because I do. I'm getting ready to load you up right here, okay? I want you to elbow your husband right now if he's sitting right there. Easy, but just make sure he's paying attention right here, okay? Because I want you to look at this verse of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 7. Let's look at this. It says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Here it comes. Treat her as you should. Guys, why should we do that? So, what? Your prayers will not be hindered. Men, look at me. If you're not treating your bride, if you're not loving your wife the way that God loved the church and gave himself for it, then it's pretty easy to say that your prayers are going to go unanswered. Now, I didn't say that. That's what God says in 1 Peter 3, 7, right? So we need to pay attention to how we're living this life. You may give you a great example of an individual who lived his life that his prayers went unanswered. Now, there's several in Scripture that I could share with you, but here's one I want you to share or want you to be aware of. It's the Apostle Paul. You remember what he prayed for? He prayed three different times for this thorn in the flesh to be removed. I want you to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Listen to what he's writing here. And he said, To keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh to torment me and keep me from getting proud. Now, We really don't know what that thorn in the flesh was. We just know that Paul had this thorn in the flesh that hindered him. Now, some theologians, after studying scripture, believe it could have been poor eyesight. Because he writes in one of his epistles, you see how large of a letter I've written to you. And it's not talking about the content. It's talking about the large letters that he was actually writing. So some theologians believe that that may have possibly been the thorn in the flesh, that he had poor vision or poor eyesight. We don't know. Why don't we know? Tell me, church, because we do not have what? Come on, talk to me. Somebody said it. We do not have what? We don't have chapter and verse, right? We don't have it declaring exactly what that was, but we can speculate and believe possibly because of the portion that he wrote. You see how large of a letter I've written unto you because of the largeness of the actual writing that he made. We think it may have been bad vision. We're not sure what it is. Nonetheless, the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He has something that he was praying for that thing in his life to be removed or fixed or healed, or whatever it was. Look what he says here in verse number 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said this, My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may work through me. But here's what I want you to notice. Paul's prayer went unanswered. Why do you think it may have gone unanswered? Possibly because he was praying out of the will of God. Possibly God knew, and I don't really know this. We don't have chapter and verse to declare it, but I'm just taking all the pieces, trying to put them together, and come to an assumption here of why this prayer may have gone unanswered. 
Possibly Paul was praying out of the will of God. Maybe God knew that if he took that thing away, that it would be real easy for Paul to get out of God's will and not be as dependent upon him as he needed to be. I don't know. Why do I not know? Because I do not have what? Chapter and verse, right? You guys are getting it good today, right? But here Paul was praying for this thorn in the flesh to be removed. But I want you to notice what took place. Even while the thorn in the flesh was still there... I want you to notice what took place. His focus shifted from the thorn in the flesh, the problem that he had, and it shifted to the grace of God that was available any time he needed it. Right? He really discovered that while he had this problem in his life, it helped him to be aware of the grace of God that is sufficient for all of your needs. Right? So that's what Paul got out of that. So oftentimes maybe our prayers go answered because God's trying to teach or tell us something. Let me give you a fourth and final way and then I'll be done. And, and band, you'll be able to come up here shortly. But get ready. Not yet, but here shortly. Number four, I want you to get this one. Maybe there are unusual circumstances that take place in your life. Maybe you look around and you think, man, this is just odd. What I'm experiencing is just different. It's very unusual what I'm finding myself in the midst of here today. Do we have a biblical example of someone that found himself in an unusual circumstance? Yeah, it was Moses. I want you to look in Scripture, if you will, in Exodus chapter 3. This is the story of Moses and the burning bush. You remember? Now, let me, let me just put this disclaimer out there. It was, not, it was not an unusual thing that a bush was burning. And that was pretty common out in the desert. Okay? So that was not what was unusual. It's not unusual that the bush was burning. You tell me what was unusual. You know this story. What was unusual? It was not being consumed. Right? It was burning and burning and burning and burning and burning, and it was never burning up. It was not, it was not being consumed by the fire. So that's the unusual circumstance that he found himself in. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. And come on down to verse number two. Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in a bush. And Moses was amazed. Why? Because the bush was engulfed in flames. But it did not, or it didn't burn up. Amazing, Moses said to himself in verse 3. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go over to see this. And when the Lord saw that he had done what? Caught Moses' attention. When the Lord saw that he had caught Moses' attention, God called him from the bush. Moses! Moses! And here I am, Moses replied. And then the Lord says, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals. For you are standing on holy ground. Now here we find out of an unusual circumstance that God gets the attention of Moses. God stopped Moses in his tracks while he was going about his daily routine. Now guys, oftentimes in our life we need to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Whenever we're going about our daily routine, I want you to know that and we see something that's unusual, I don't want you to just write that off, oh, that's just circumstance, or that's just odd, or just forget it and move on. No, pay attention to that kind of stuff. 
Because it may be that God is using that method to get your attention. Now, here's something. I don't know if I have this in your notes or not. I don't even know if I have it on a slide or not. Let me see. I can't remember. Nope. I want you to get this. There are no accidents with God. Do I have this in your sermon notes? Is it in there? Somebody tell me. No? You need to write this down. There are no accidents with God. Only divine appointments. How do I know that? Because God is sovereign, right? He's ruling, he's reigning, he's working in all of our lives, right? He tells our heart when to beat. He's leading us. He allows our path to cross with someone. Listen, there are no accidents with God. Only divine appointments. And so what we need to do is start paying attention in those unusual circumstances. Now, real quickly, let me give you some circumstances where God may be trying to get your attention. Maybe some unusual circumstances. Maybe it's failure. You remember the story in Joshua chapter 7 where Joshua and his men sent 3,000 men up to fight the battle at Ai in Joshua chapter 7, a little small village, a little small city. They should have overcome it very easily and very well, and they were defeated, and it struck fear into the heart of this, this warrior team, and many, several of them died in that battle. They failed there. They just conquered Jericho, this great, mighty, fortified city they had just conquered, and they thought they'd just go up to Ai and defeat it. They failed. Why did they fail? We know the story. There was unconfessed sin. All right. Here we go. So God can use failure to get our attention. Another way that God can get our attention through unusual circumstances is financial collapse. Now, I hope and pray that God doesn't do this to you, right? But it could be that God allows you to go through a season of very difficult time of finances in the home and in the family. Now, hopefully you don't live in that the rest of your life, but how many have ever gone through a season of difficult time in your finances? I know me and my family have, and you know, oftentimes, not every time, but sometimes it could be that God's trying to get our attention. You say, preacher, you got chapter and verse for that? I do, and I want you to look in Judges chapter 6. It says, yet again, the people of Israel went back to doing evil in God's sight. And God put them under the domination of Midian for seven years. Now it goes on to say that Midian overpowered them. Uh, Israel had to live in caves and, and what have you. I want you to look here in Numbers chapter 6 and verse number 6. Here's what I want you to get. The people of Israel, I'll read it to you. The people of Israel reduced to grinding poverty by Midian and they cried out to God for help. My question is when? When did they cry out to God for help? When they were in poverty, right? When they were, they were smitten, they were struck in poverty. And the scripture says that then they cried out to God for help. Now listen, you can't always look at, um, look at financial problems as God trying to correct you or, or discipline you in any way. But here's what I want you to understand. Whenever we do find ourselves struggling financially, it just may be. Okay, I'm not saying this is every single time on any of these. I just want you to be aware of different ways that God can choose to get our attention. So all I want you to do is 
Pay attention to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord whenever you find yourself. There, there it is. Thank you, Charlie. The people of Israel, when they were reduced to grinding poverty by Midian, they cried out to God for help. Let me give you another one, another one here, and I'll close with this one. And, band, you guys can come on up, and I'll be done. Another way that God can use an unusual circumstance to get our attention is through a tragedy. Now, heaven knows we've seen our fair share of tragic events in our culture and in our world today. And I'm not saying God is behind all of these. Please don't misunderstand me. But what I am saying is that God can use those events to get our attention. And you may say, preacher, you got chapter and verse for that one? Actually, I've got several for this one. But I want to share one with you. It's found in Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4, it says, They set out from Mount Hor along the Red Sea, a detour around the land of Edom. And the people became irritable and cross as they traveled. And they spoke out against God and against Moses, said, Why did you drag us out of Egypt to die in this God-forsaken country? There's no decent food and no water, and we can't stomach this stuff any longer. As they were murmuring and complaining against God, I want you to look what it says in verse number 6. So God sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them, and many in Israel died. Now, here's a tragic event that took place. God actually orchestrated this event to get a hold of his people because of the murmuring and the complaining they were doing, and he got their attention through these poisonous snakes. Now, once again, please. We cannot view every tragedy that takes place as God orchestrating that event. But what we can do is put on a spiritual filter and look at that through the eyes of God. And hopefully and prayerfully as a result of whatever tragic event takes place. You guys can go ahead and start playing. Hopefully whatever tragic event takes place, God will be able to get our attention through that. So my question to you is simply this. Is God trying to get your attention? And there's many other ways I could have shared with you on how God does that. But here's a few out of Scripture. God is speaking. He's speaking every single day. And I want you to look up on this screen. It says, God cares enough about you to do whatever it takes to get your attention. God wants to speak to you. God wants to lead you. He wants to be not only your Savior, He wants to be your Lord. And he's got a plan and a purpose and a will for your life. And he knows it's best if you will follow him. And oftentimes we stray and go our different ways and do our own thing. God loves you too much to leave you out there to do your own thing. And he will allow whatever it takes to get your attention so that you will listen to him and align yourself with his will for your life. Does that make sense? Why don't we pray together? I don't know what God may be speaking to you about today. But I do know that he loves you. You are the object of his love. And he's speaking to you every single day. Four primary ways through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through other people, and through circumstances. And he would do whatever it takes to get your attention so that you will listen and hear his voice. What is God speaking to you about today? Do you know? If you don't, why don't you just simply bow your heads and pray a prayer, something like this. Let me help you. Just say, dear God, 
I am your child. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I know that you love me. Help me to hear your voice. I'm listening today. I know you have a plan for my life and a purpose and a calling. I know you have an amazing will for my life. Help me to live that out. Help me to hear your voice when I read your word. Help me to hear your voice when I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God in my heart. Help me to hear your word through the voice of other people that are speaking. And help me to see your will and hear your voice through the circumstances that I find myself in. Lord, we're listening. Speak to us. Keep us in the center of your will. Father, I pray for everyone here this morning. If there's one here that does not know you as their Lord and their Savior, that's where it all begins. That's where it starts. Help us, Lord, to accept you as our Savior, to accept you as our Lord of our life. That's where it begins. And then from there, it's a life of obedience and submitting and surrendering to the will of God. Father, you're speaking. Help us listen. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.